mind of Danny Adler. Dark Charm Media's Fascination Street. Starring Paul Schroeder as David Holloway. Christopher Hengel as Rafferty. Emily Matthews as Carrie White. Jesse Kirkland as Robert Clark Bismarck. And David McClosky as the gamekeeper. Welcome to the linchpin of the Dark Church. A small digital alarm clock went off as the light of the dawning sun pierced through the blinds of Damon Holloway's bedroom. Frustrated, he slammed his hand down on the alarm button, knocking it off its stand, but shutting the godforsaken noise off nonetheless. It was 6 a.m., and it's too damn early for school, he thought. He had been up all night with his band doing covers of Def Leppard's new album, Hysteria. It was his idea to play it at the high school talent show. He couldn't pick a risque song like Pour Some Sugar On Me or something like that, so he figured that researching and practicing a song that made a statement seemed to make the most sense. Gods of War might have pissed someone off at the school board due to President Reagan's recent actions, but it would definitely make a statement. The guy was trying to take over for Reagan, George Bush, would do no better in his opinion. The primaries weren't until September. Hopefully by that time he would be in college. Normally, he would have loved to play some more of the style of music he was into, like The Cure and Depeche Mode, but he felt that making a statement made more sense than preference of style. He kicked his feet out of the bed and scratched his long hair. His mother and father both wanted him to cut it, but he said that it was going to become his badge of honor. Tattered tight jeans, long hair, buccaneer shirts, and new romantic clothing, all trademarks of the music that he had loved since he got into high school. He wouldn't get dressed yet until he had a chance to use the bathroom. He stood up, walked out of his bedroom, and headed for the bathroom. Just as usual, his sister Jess was in there. She probably had been in there for the past half an hour getting her hair to do the most impossible things imaginable, thanks to gravity and a whole lot of Aquanet. He did some of those things too, but this morning he didn't feel like it. The early hours and the lack of coffee were the nails in his day's proverbial coffin, and it hadn't even started yet. He slammed his hands onto the door because the loud sound of Madonna being blared on the radio seemed not only to come out of the closed bathroom door, but through his soul. He liked pop music, but this was too bubblegum for him. Hey, hey, I need to get in there. When are you coming out? His sister opened the door, fully dressed, and her hair quaffed almost to perfection. Grandma, Damon, I'll be out soon. You do realize... <coughs> I, have to, I have to take a piss and get ready too, right? <coughs> Just hurry up. 
Damon walked into the bathroom, closed the door swiftly, and lifted the toilet seat. He turned down the blaring Madonna music. He opened his flyness boxers and proceeded to pee. He stood there with his eyes closed as the thoughts of the newfound day came over him. There was a test today in history class. Mr. Tots is a dick, he thought aloud. He couldn't wait to be finally out of school. Unlike most cool kids that thought it was cool to be a loser in school, this particular music head didn't act upon those inhibitions. He knew that if he was going to get anywhere in life, music or not, that he had to have a well-rounded education. He finished going to the bathroom, barged past his sister, and went back into his room to get ready. Half an hour later, Damon walked out of his house with his sister just a few steps behind him. They came from two different cliques in school, but you honestly could have thought that they both came from two different worlds. Jess was Miss Popular with the preppy kids and was into pop music like nobody's business. She was into high fashion, as could be for the time period, with neon pink clothing, leg warmers, and comfortable flat shoes. Damon, on the other hand, was a rock and roll rebel in most things other than schooling. He hated half the stuff Jess listened to. He wore the usual new romantic gear that was accustomed to the style of most new wave, gothic, and in some cases heavy metal music he liked. His jeans were mostly ripped and acid-washed, and he carried a leather jacket with studs and spikes on them, though he didn't wear it on warmer days. He carried eyeliner in his pockets as well as a pair of fishnet gloves and black nail polish, but he wouldn't put them on until he got to school, just in case his mother or father were home. Although 1988 was the biggest year for almost everything, it seemed to Damon that it was good for nothing. He strived for 1989 to be better. He dialed back a bit on the excessive wear because he knew that somewhere down the line it might cost him on potentials outside of school. He didn't want to be cast aside before he even got started. Out of the way, loser! Jess said maliciously as she barged past Damon. Maybe as revenge for what happened in the hall earlier in the morning. Damon just shook his head. His attention diverted to the road sign that intersected the streets in his neighborhood. 1314 Fascination Street, Cincinnati, Ohio. He had lived here for over ten years of his life, and he found that there was really nothing fascinating about it. The only thing fascinating, to be honest, was at the end of the cul-de-sac, an old lamppost that seemed to have been there from a time long forgotten. No one knew why it was still there, least of all Damon. Kids used to take permanent markers and spray paint cans to the old thing, expressing their creativity, they used to say. Expression is one thing, but it was just another word for vandalism to Damon. Several teenagers were already at the end of the cul-de-sac waiting for the bus. None of them were actually his friends, as they live in different neighborhoods. He knew how to drive and hated taking the bus, but his mother needed the car for work that morning, and so Jess and he had to make do with what cards were dealt to them. The school year was only a couple of months from being over anyway. Graduation was almost upon him. His sister was a junior. She had just one more year of hell before she was in the clear. Damon got to the cul-de-sac and was greeted by the sight of the old lamppost that adorned the end of the way. At night it shone an eerie blue glow that permeated and heavily contrasted the yellow lights that were surrounding it. No one knew why it glowed like that, and the homeowners association for the neighborhood wanted to get rid of it, but for some reason, the board of trustees always found a reason to keep it there. And the vandalism that seemed to be a target for the lamppost seemed to always disappear somehow and look presentable again. At least someone was looking after it, he thought. 
He put his backpack on the ground and sat on the ground next to it. He watched as the jocks of his street were playfully fucking around with each other. Some of them were mimicking the actions of WWF wrestlers who the night before had a pay-per-view. Damon barely had cable, let alone the ability to watch a pay-per-view of sweaty men on steroids romping around in a ring trying to perform Shakespeare to the masses who only wanted to see a good fight. Some of them started to get dangerously close to Damon. Hey! He shied away. Watch where you're going, man! One of the jocks turned around and stared at him. Uh, sorry, my fault. But they seemed not to care as they continued. One of the jocks started laughing hysterically. Looks like DiBiase's gone for the million dollar dream. It looks like Hogan's going down, McMahon. He put the other jock in the hold as the other guy playfully but stupidly started to flail around like an idiot, as if he genuinely was Hulk Hogan inside the million dollar man's deadly hold. And once more, they were too close to Damon. It was almost like time stood still as the person in the hold tripped on an errant rock and started to fall toward Damon. The other jock tried to relinquish the hold in time, but to no avail, as both of them crashed into Damon whose head seemed to bounce off of the lamppost. A spatter of blood came forth from a cut in his head and landed onto the lamppost. Damon was knocked unconscious as his sister checked on him, screaming from the top of her lungs for help. Damon woke up feeling a slight chill all around him as the blue light from the lamppost seemed to be bathing down upon him. He looked around and it was nighttime. Damon held his head and finally was able to sit up. They left me here, fucking assholes. He stood up as he looked at the area around him. This didn't look like the cul-de-sac. Even his backpack was gone. He took a couple of steps from the lamppost and inspected where he was. It wasn't nighttime as it was too dark. It was like someone had shut the lights off of the cosmos. No stars, no moon, nothing. The only light he could see came from the blue hue of the eerie lamppost. What the hell? Damon said as he held the back of his head. There was blood on his hand from the cut. Who are you? A voice came from out of nowhere that seemed to be everywhere and nowhere behind the din of darkness. It seemed familiar to Damon, but strange at the same time. Hello? Who's there? A lone figure stepped out of the shadows. He was dressed in all black leather, including a jean jacket. He had long black hair and was lanky and thin, and had eye makeup surrounding his eyes. There was a real reason why Damon recognized him. Uh, Alice Cooper? Yes and no. I'm whatever your brain makes me out to be. If your subconscious views me as Alice Cooper, then I'm Alice Cooper. Your mind and body cannot grasp my true form in any possible way, or you would go insane and probably die. And my appearance may change over time depending on how your brain is functioning. Then what are you really if you're not Alice Cooper? I am a being of wondrous power but limited range, a celestial being associated with entities called the powers that work. While none of those can give you an actual name, you can call me Rafferty. What am I doing here? And where's here? This doesn't look like Fascination Street back home. This is a realm that is born out of time, space, and reality. It is called the Nexus Eternal. Because this is outside of creation, but not out of the purview of the Master. As for what you are doing here, that is what I would like to know. We didn't choose you to come here. Choose? You mean like I wasn't meant to be here? No, you weren't. But now we have no choice in the matter. 
What are you talking about? There are always choices. You can just let me go home. Rafferty walked closer to Damon. Oh, you can go home, but you cannot escape the task you have been thrust into. And at this point, no one will have known you were gone. The problem is that no one will believe you. What? I just want to tell you before you leave that when you tell this story to people, no one will believe you. You might want to keep it to yourself. Even then, it's going to be tough because now Bismarck will see you as a threat or worse, try to turn you toward the other side. We need you even though you have no idea how much. Bismarck will be very dangerous without someone to challenge him. Who the fuck is Bismarck and why should I care? You are his replacement. He is a man we recruited from the 14th century in Germany to act as a watchman. And for a while, he was the finest watchman we ever had. Something, however, happened to him, and he swore allegiance to the defiling horde. He then looked back toward the lamppost. While in the confines of the Nexus Eternal, you are rendered immortal. You cannot age. Nothing changes to you unless you will do it to yourself. Bismarck has grown powerful over the years in both manipulation of the times, spaces, and realities that his original accent is gone and he can blend in anywhere. I don't know what happened to him or why he has gone rogue, but he has turned against the will of the powers that were. Damon put his hands to his head out of frustration. Oh, look! I know you mean well and all that, but this must be some kind of fucking dream or something. I can't be here. I have a concert to perform this week and I am graduating from high school in a couple of months. I have to go home. Then go. Touch the lamppost and think of home. You will show up there. But be warned, steps have taken place to stop you in your tracks before you even got started, thanks to the machinations of Bismarck. Your life, as of now, is forever altered. Damon touched the lamppost and closed his eyes. He began to think of Fascination Street back home. When he opened his eyes, it was in a hospital. His mother was sitting next to him, looking at him with worry. Damon, are you okay? Can you hear me? Damon's mother called to him as his eyes tried adjusting to the light beaming down on him. His head was wrapped in gauze and he had a screaming headache. Where, where, where am I? A deeper voice came from his left as his father was standing there watching him. You're in the hospital. How you feeling, boy? His father was a rugged man. He worked in a warehouse to try and make ends meet and didn't make as much money as his mother did, but he still felt to himself that he was the head of the household. He wasn't necessarily close to him because of ideal styles and his basic interest in nothing, it seemed, but Bengals football, Reds baseball, and work. <coughs> oh, hey, hey, Dad. <coughs> Damon, they said you had a concussion from the lamppost and a couple of stitches put in your head, but you're going to be fine. When am I going to be able to get out of here? Doctors want to watch you over for another couple of days. You took a really bad hit. Damon tried sitting up in bed and looked at the TV that was on. There were talks of President Bush in conference with the President of the Soviet Union, who was... Gennady Yaninev? Jesus, how long have I been out? Four, about four hours, why? Why are they calling Bush the President? This is an election year. Don't think he's actually won yet. And who the hell is Gennady Yanayev? What happened to President Reagan? And what happened to Gorbachev? Both his parents looked at each other and then back toward Damon. 
His father explained. Buddy, I know you hit your head and everything, but you should have remembered Reagan getting assassinated, right? He got assassinated? Yes, in 1981 by John Hinckley. Wait, Hinckley didn't kill him. That Jim Brady dude saved his life. Who the hell is Jim Brady? Well, as for Gorbachev, there was a coup in Russia and this guy took over. They killed Gorbachev because they thought he leaned a little too much towards working at peace with the U.S. No, no. This is all wrong. It's gotta be a mistake. He started struggling to get out of bed. His parents tried to calm him down. Damon, calm down. You're gonna rip your IVs out. This is a mistake! This isn't my world! Son, this is the womb talking. Just lay back and relax. what's with this Ozzie Nelson bullshit? When did you ever give a fuck about me? All you gave a damn about were sports, work, and sometimes Jess. And that's only because she could get pregnant. You never cared about me. I should have known this wasn't my world, seeing your ass here. What the hell? I'm your father. You don't dare talk to me like that. What the hell's gotten into you? Fuck you, Dad. Go to hell. Damon's father backhanded him in the face. Damon's mother, in horror, called for the nurses to come. They rushed in several seconds later with a big burly as well and held down Damon as he kept screaming. This is not my world! This is not my world! What looked like the head nurse stuck in the middle into his This is not my world! Damon watched in horror as he felt another world of sleep come over him. And then, by the time he was able to fight back, it was too late. It was La La Land. Rafferty was right. No one believed him. Six hours later, he woke up with only the beeping of machines and the small gleam of the nightlight keeping him company in his cold and drafty hospital room. They had strapped him to the bed, probably to keep him from hurting himself. He struggled with the straps and grunted against them. Fuck! A voice behind the dividing curtain of the hospital room scared him slightly. So, they tried to replace me. A tall man with a muscular but not overtly build came out from behind. He had short brown hair and very angular features. He was also wearing a lab coat, but there was no way that this man was a doctor. Huh? What are you talking about? He sat down in the chair next to him. He had the look in his eyes of a predator who had found his prey and was merely toying with him. It unnerved Damon. The powers that were so aptly named because of the fact that they really never have much power anymore. I had to do some serious prep work to make sure that this came down. Killing Reagan, framing that goofball Hinckley, then orchestrating that coup. <laughs> that was quite interesting. It was you. You killed my world. You're the one that Rafferty called Bismarck. <laughs> Roderick von Bismarck. At your disservice. As for killing your world, not quite yet. Not quite yet, Watchmen. But within the next month, the nuclear holocaust at the United States and Russia have been that stalemate for the past 40 years will finally come into fruition. There will be no area of the US or Russia that will not be covered in a thick cloud of radiation for decades to come. Then, your world will be done. Your, your plan won't work! Another shadow appeared in the door of the hospital room. 
someone almost the size of Bismarck, entered the room with what looked like a pair of conquest sticks. He's right. It won't. Bismarck shook his head in disbelief. You had you caged. How did you get out? The man didn't speak as he jumped at Bismarck and slammed him up against the room wall. Bismarck kneed him in his midsection and elbowed him in the face. Then there proceeded to be a giant contest of wills and skills as the man and Bismarck threw punches and countered and counterpunched for at least five minutes straight. For some reason, Danny was speechless. He could have called for the nurses and orderlies, but something kept ringing in his head. Rafferty telling him that the world wouldn't believe him. This was destiny running its course. Finally, the man was able to counter Bismarck's attack most effectively to knock him to the ground and maybe out like a light. The man looked around the room for something before Damon chimed in. Hey, get me out of here! The enigmatic man shook his head in frustration as Damon looked closer at him. He had a mask covering the lower part of his face. His hair was longer than Damon's but almost to the same color. He looked into Damon's eyes and winced in acceptance, it seemed, as he quickly walked over to Damon's bed and released the straps, getting him free. He looked at him intently. You need to come with me, and then you need to make your way to Fascination Street. I don't, I don't think I want to go home. You're not going home. At least not yet. Get to the lamppost and get back to the Nexus Eternal. He helped him out of his bed and started walking with him out of the room. It took a while for Damon to get the blood down his feet and the medicine out of his system. He got a closer look at the man when he was exposed to the light, aside from the lower face mask that he was wearing. He was also in what looked to him like black riot gear armor, but more svelte and thinner than he was used to seeing from TV. Several orderlies jumped out of their chairs and ran toward the man. He positioned Damon on the wall and swept the legs of the orderlies out from under them. He then used the tonfos to knock them out. Fucking Bruce Lee shit, man. The man looked back at Damon and saw what could have been a smile under the lower mask. <laughs> he then grabbed Damon and proceeded to walk quickly toward the stairwell. Damon's hospital room was on the fourth floor. He quickly made his way into the stairwell as he started hearing another commotion behind him. Bismarck had revived and started running toward them. More orderlies, however, arrived at the scene to stop Bismarck's advance as he started waging another hard war with them. It gave Damon the extra time to escape. They got out of the hospital. He stopped in front of a Ford Escort. The dark man handed a pair of keys to Damon. Drive safe. Make sure you avoid any distractions with the police. You don't hear any sirens yet, but they're coming. You aren't coming with me? No, I can't. First, it would be dangerous and cause several rifts that couldn't be fixed. Second, this journey is yours for the moment. Mine is continuing in a different path. But do me one favor. Anything? When you see Carrie, Tell her I love her. Care? He got no answer as the man ran into the shadows and seemingly disappeared. Damon didn't waste any time as he looked at the escort and got into the car. The dark man was right. As soon as he left the hospital parking lot, there were the sounds of police making their way inside. He was at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, which was not far from his neighborhood. He thanked God, but in a way also grimaced at all of this.
Ten minutes later, Damon's escort pulled into Fascination Street, and he saw the lamppost that seemed to cause all of the recent commotion in his life. He got out of the car and looked at its eerie light in the darkness. He walked over to it and he touched the cold metal with his hand. He then closed his eyes. When he opened them again, he was once again at the Nexus Eternal. This time, however, he was greeted by another celebrity, Bob Hope. Damon released the lamppost and started walking toward the apparition. Bob Hope, it's your brain, Damon. Now do you trust me? <sighs> yeah. You were right. Bismarck has found me, and he let me know of his plan. He did, and it's sad to say he succeeds in his plan. What do you mean he succeeds? Aren't I going to be there to stop him? It's a lot more complicated than that. The world that Bismarck has created was an unnatural one. It had to be destroyed. Who do you think actually has to destroy that timeline? It isn't Bismarck. He just used the chaos he created to try and bait you into making a mistake. But, but what about my home? There was a dark man that saved me. He said that I could go home soon. Damon, that was you. A later incarnation, but that was still you. And he is right. Your home isn't destroyed. Only the timeline that Bismarck manipulated. That can't be. I rescued myself? This doesn't make any sense. You are mistaken to an extent. That version of you went through several thousand hours of heavy martial arts training, as well as existence with the Nexus Eternal that spans over a hundred years of time. Bismarck tried to cage you, but you were freed and had to make your way to save, well, you had to save yourself. Because if he found a way to kill you before you knew how to use the Nexus Eternal, you could stop him. You are a watchman. The entirety of creation is yours, to look at and watch, and fix if the need arises. What do you mean, fix? Some realities are created naturally. That's okay, because it's meant to be like that in creation. Others, however, are created by the machinations of the defiling horde and, to an extent, the actions of their newest recruit, Bismarck. These new worlds tear heavily at the fabric of creation and can weigh it down to the point of collapse. These need to be culled and fixed. What is the Defiling Horde? Sounds like a killer name for a metal band. Rafferty looked at Damon gravely. They are not to be trifled with or talked of lightly at all. They are the demonic powers that counter the powers that were. Their whole purpose is to destroy creation by defiling it from within space, time, and reality. So... I'm like a scalpel taking care of what is wrong with creation? Damn, I have my work cut out for me. Actually, to give the best analogy for this, you are part of the immune system of creation. You are destroying the diseases and sicknesses that are in the human body, or in this case, all of creation. Damon leaned against the lamppost and shook his head. Damn, I really have my work cut out for me. Fascination Street, by Cure, The Land for a Hero, by Bonnie Tyler, written by Jim Simon. Like a Virgin, by Madonna. Special effects by Satisfy.com.
Dark Chunk Media, copyright 2022.